And we are in episode 37 of the Silly Goose Gang podcast, and we're delighted to be joined today by Mike Bolton. Mike's an underwater cinematographer, marine conservationist, uh, former ex-US Air Force, and possibly the most exciting of all, ancient shipwreck researcher. So, Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for asking me. I'm proud to be here. Nice. Yeah. Now, we were put in touch with you by uh, episode 31 guest, Jeremiah Sullivan. So how do right. you and uh, Jeremiah know each other? Because he's possibly the most interesting man in the world from <laughs> that we spoke to. So he recommended you to us and we thought we have to come and speak to this guy that Jeremiah speaks so highly of. <laughs> well, when you go against Jeremiah, that's a hard, hard act to follow. He's um, Jeremiah... He is an absolute sweetheart of a man. He's a, he's just yeah, such, a, I such, a such a cool guy. Um, really, really nice guy. We we um, we could have sat and, uh, and spoke to him uh, all night. He was uh, just wonderful and so much knowledge and such a such a cool guy. So yeah, if um, if Jeremiah Sullivan says somebody's uh, interesting. Uh, you, you must be interested. <laughs> I don't know. Like I say, it's a hard act to follow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we, we, we sure you'll be fine. Um, yeah, Jeremiah, so, I know Jeremiah. Uh, actually, I've known of Jeremiah for years uh, because, you know, we all run in the same circles of yeah. uh, uh, shark diving and working with sharks and so forth. Uh, but, you know, I guess in the last years, you become to get more involved with these people. Mm. that we all seek to come together and yeah. uh, i actually met up with jeremiah about four years ago and uh, we went to guadalupe island with great white uh to do a, a shoot and uh getting there with jeremiah and it was just you know we just hit it off yeah. you know some people you clash with and you and you compete with but uh now he was on my level we're both old guys and uh, i guess i'm the oldest of the group you know <laughs> I mean, I'm the oldest guy out there, I think, holding on to this business. Uh, I'm going to 80 now. Yeah. Yeah. There I want to be back um, in 80 next year. That's, uh, that'll be something. Uh, there was actually um, there was a little article in a, a newspaper here, and um, I, I think it just came out a couple of weeks ago, two, two yeah. three weeks ago, and um, you know, it said that it said you were, you were 78 and uh you know still diving with sharks and i'm like geez that's uh i hope i'm uh, able to do anything to be honest with you 78 <laughs> years old um but yeah so it's, well, it's, you know, it's it's all in the heart you know it's like uh people say well it's like riding a bicycle you know you got people riding bicycles at 80 years old you know they're out there still riding yeah uh i guess when you've been diving i started diving when i was 17 and uh just been doing it all along, you know. So it's like I started working with sharks maybe 20 years ago. Started right, dedicating okay. to sharks and filming sharks, and uh, I just really got into them. And uh, mm. so I've really dedicated the last 20 years of, of working with sharks, you know. Yeah, I had, um, I had a, a look earlier on uh, on your YouTube uh, channel, and some uh -huh. of the some of the footage. As uh, as amazing. Oh, Jack. 
<laughs> keep those, keep those dogs Jeez. out, right? Um, yeah, no, I'm too old for two Jack Russells. Damn! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you say, oh, guy, you got one Jack Russell? You got a Jack Russell? I said, no, I got two. Maybe that's, uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what's keeping you so young. Maybe, maybe that's what keeps you so young. Sharks, Jack Russell, what you got? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, sorry. I was just saying. Um, I had a look on your um, on your YouTube channel, and there was just some some really amazing footage of sharks, and almost to the point where it doesn't look real. You know, when you because you, you're so close and you can see all the details, and it, it almost looks like um, CGI. It's amazing, absolutely amazing to watch. You know, it's just so 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 crystal clear. It's unbelievable. Um, yeah. So yeah. So what was the? You know, you said you started um, concentrating on sharks twenty years ago. What was before that? Was it the shipwreck stuff, or was it? Yeah. Well, you know, I've been pedaling and all this all my life. You know, I mean, uh, started diving, and when I was younger, way, way, way back in the seventies, late sixties, seventies. About the time you were born, uh, Alistair. About that time. <laughs> anyway. Um, I, I diving spearfishing, you know, because in that time of diving, when you start diving, uh, I started diving in 1959, actually. So Jeez. it was like, you know, just spearfishing. You know, there was you know, what yeah. camera work, photography. It was like, what are we going to do out there? I mean, still fish. Um, and then when I started doing that, is that you learn areas, and you like a diving area, and you see, look at that and say, what is that down there? Not a fish. Looks like a bunch of cannons or a bunch of iron anchors and stuff, you know? So you, you say, oh, yeah, well, whatever. And you just keep going. Uh, but then, um, as time went by, I actually started with a friend of mine came down, used to write for an old magazine called Argosy Magazine. I don't know if you remember the old Argosy. And at that time, I was working for um, doing underwater film work as well for a um, an old ABC Wild World of Sports. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, was, yeah, that was an old one. Like uh, my friend Jeremiah working with uh, Wild Kingdom or whatever it was. Yeah, um, yeah. So anyway, he came down and he was a shipwreck guy. He was an archaeologist, and he said, "You know, there's got to be tons of shipwrecks here in Panama." And I said, "Shipwrecks." Like what, you know? He said, you know, stuff with cannons and stuff like that. I said, oh, yeah, I know what that stuff is. <laughs> so, uh, actually, nobody nobody really knew what they were values or anything like that. And so we went there and we started looking and I showed him what we had and well, he said, damn. And he had a lot of, um, well, not at that moment, but he went back, came back. We stayed in touch for a few years after that. And I guess it was back in the 80s. He contacted me and he said, hey, I got a lot of research from shipwrecks in Panama and spotted some wrecks in, if you knew the longitudes, maybe it's some good wrecks worth salvaging. Because the, the, the thing about this is you just can't just find a, an old wreck and say, oh, this is a lot of treasure and money. Because yeah. it can be a bunch of old crap, you know, old iron cannons and stuff, not worth anything. But if you go back to the archives of Spain and look in mm -hmm. the Indies, uh, and to get this information, they will give you certain shipwrecks around the world. And if you go for Panama, they will say, yeah, this wreck was lost during this period in this particular area, in this particular area. And then you go back and you say, wow, dude, I was 
Oh, look at that wreck. <laughs> so then you say, oh, man, that's got to be worth something. And that's how it all started. You know, then we started salvaging, picking up gold and silver and jewels. And so it seems to be um, a lot of Spanish ships. So was that a, a trading route or was that somewhere that the Spanish are coming to conquer or what? Why was it a lot around about? Uh, well, you know, you know, Panama was the one of the, those major centers for the, for the Spanish Empire, okay. you know, of plundering gold and silver and jewels and stuff. And you had, um, for instance, Panama's cutting is, is very small. So you have the Atlantic on one side, Pacific on the other. And it's only 55 kilometers across mm. in the narrow side where the canal is. So um, back in the days of the late 1500, 60, oh, back when, more of the 1600s, uh, you had the silver mines up in Peru, from Potosí, up in the mountains of Peru, and mm. Spanish colonies, and they would uh, mint the silver coins, silver bars, anything of silver, and ship it down to Callao, Peru, and then they had what they called the silver route, mm -hmm. Ruta de Plata, in the, in the South Sea Armada, and that would, they would sell these galleons full of silver coins and silver bars and all the silver to the Pacific side of Panama. And then they would unload it, which is the Pacific side, into, into old Panama area. They would put all this silver on mules. Okay. And they would carry it across to the Atlantic side. And from know. there, they had forts on the Atlantic side. And there they would meet with galleons coming from Colombia with gold and emeralds coming into Panama on the Atlantic. And from there, they would put all this silver, gold, emeralds, jewels, all this stuff on galleons for Spain. Okay. The Atlantic. So a lot of these ships would take off and they would hit, they would hit up um, off of Florida, off of Cuba, off of Bermuda before they'd ever get to Spain. And then you had wrecks that would, would be lost in Panama on just taking off at a bad time, getting hit by storms, uh, just right after leaving the forts of uh, Panama. Uh, we had one, it was called the 1681 Fleet, which three ships took off on the 3rd of January, right after New Year's, got hit in a big storm, tried to turn back, and they were all wrecked just really close to where they took off. Mm. They were all went down. Um, and then you have one that I'm working now, which is uh, on the on the Pacific side, which is all silver coins, silver bars, and all that, which is uh, went down a ship, one of the silver ships coming in, hit on the Pacific side on a reef that it passed a thousand times, but hit it anyway, and uh, she went down carrying um, a hell of a lot of money. Uh, a lot it's, of is is that the San Jose? That's the San Jose. Uh, okay. she went down 1631. Uh, okay. And I've been taking her out for the last... I started salvaging her, actually. I found the first coin in 1998. Okay. And put in for permits uh, in 2001. And it's been in the court like three or four times, in and out, in and out. But we've salvaged a lot of the, the silver and, and a, a lot of it off of it. Um, so it's been, a, it's been a very successful wreck. Right now we have... We are shut down at the moment, 
but uh, I just recovered about 50 chests that I have covered. You know, I covered okay. it back. Uh, I found them, covered them up, leave them there. I'm not going to take them out uh, with all this shit going on. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but each one of these coins are worth quite a bit of money. You know, they're really, they're silver coins, but you got some really nice ones. And they'll, they'll average up to $2,000, $2,500 a piece, uh, yes. a good silver coin piece of eight. And uh, so there's over, oh, you would say 2,000. We got right now, let me calculate real quick for you. We got <laughs> uh, 14 times. We got over 600,000 coins on that wreck. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. If, 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 we, if we would find every one. But yeah. uh, up right now, we've got probably up to around 200,000, 180,000 coins uh, that we have, you know. So what, it's, um, uh, what size of a, a ship? What size of a, a, a ship are we talking? Well, these, these are like, uh, these, these ship around 700 tons. Okay. okay. 700 tons. Yeah, yeah, and these galleons, uh, they would draw. How you say, well, I'm, I'm always in feet. You're in meters, right? You know, they were so heavy with silver and, and silver bars and ballast that they would draw maybe 35 feet. Mm. So okay. very deep. Yeah. So, you know, the reef uh, is, is very easy. You know, they're so deep. And um, how I found this wreck is that I had the, the information from the archives of Spain, but it was, it was very sketchy and it was... A lot of information was misplaced, and it wasn't actually the way it should have been, but it was out of the gut feeling, because I know this area so well. Mm -hmm. I've lived in Panama for 60, 62 years, so, okay. you know, my home. So I, I knew where it was, I knew the area very well, and um, I started looking for it, but the, the last that you see is when it was anchored in the storm and started dragging, and when you start... Looking at the area where it was dragging, uh, these these um, these guardians, they, when they talk about scopes and ropes, the mostly the most they could have would be uh, 600, uh, 600 feet of scope. Mm -hmm. So you calculate that if they were really in trouble and they were in, if they were being dragged and they were letting out uh, rope and trying to hold on during a storm, and where they were. It's 30, it, it's part of that, when they got that scope out, that ship was laying on bottom, mm. in big pieces. It was already 30, mm. below 35 feet. So it was very close in, being, so you, you knew by then it was, it was held by ropes, but being beat to pieces. Okay. Yeah. So then well, I went and, there and started blowing and working, and there well, it was. Um, what sort of... Um, you know, percentage-wise, how many ships were you know the Spanish fleet losing? You know, like was it was it five percent or ten percent or a lot, they lose a, lot. a lot, a lot, a lot. Actually, one of the ships I was working on was the Madavillas up in the Bahamas, and she went down in 1654, and um, or so 1656. Sorry, uh, 1656, and um, actually that almost broke Spain. Oh, okay. The Maravilla was almost that was it. I mean, she was like, wow. I mean, she was a she was a heavy um, 
uh, flagship, uh, treasure galleon, uh, the top of the line. And when she went down, it, it just almost broke Spain because they lost, they've been losing ships all over from Ecuador, mm. from the, uh, you know, all the way up. And, and that was just, you go in there, yeah. actually, you can go in and read about it, uh, the history, it, it was saying there that it was, when, she, when they lost the Maravilla, that, that really almost broke Spain. Mm. No, yeah. we were uh, we we were talking just before we just before we spoke to you, and we were trying to figure out what the what's the what's the full name? What, what is it? Nuestra Señora de la Maravillas? Is that correct? Exactly, Nuestra Señora de la Maravillas. So we we came up with that must mean uh, the marvelous women of New, uh, Nuestra. Would that be correct? Yeah. The Senora, well, they, a lot of the ships in Spain <laughs> had Nuestra Senora. Our Lady. Our Lady, the Maravillas. Our Lady, the whatever. Uh, uh, so a lot of them say the Nuestra Senora de Maravilla. Um, uh, uh, for instance, the one here in Panama, it's just called San Jose or San Joseph. The San Joseph is actually her sailing name, but the nickname was called San Jose. And there's another okay. San Jose lost in Colombia. Okay. okay. She's the mother load of all fucking treasure. Fuck. Oh. She's oh, really? Yeah, but very deep. Uh, sitting probably, I think she started close to 600 feet, 500 okay. feet. Something. But she's loaded with gold, gold, gold. It must have been absolutely infuriating in the 1600s when you have, you know, you know, whatever the value was at the time, you know, now we would say billions, but when you see gold sinking to the bottom of the sea and you know it's there, but you can do nothing about it. Nothing. You nothing about it. It. There it is. I go over down there. Go get it. <laughs> There's nothing well, you can do. I'll, I'll shoot you out a little explanation on that, is that when the Spanish conquered Central America, South, or South America, uh -huh. is that, you know, in the, here in Panama, for instance, you had the archipelago, archipelago of the Pearl Islands, and that's also the, the Silver Round. But there were a lot of Indians in those days diving for pearls. Oh, okay. Pearl Islands. And they conquered these these divers. They made them work for the, work for them. You know, they say, "Hey, you're gonna the slaves or whatever," and they would use them as divers because they always always needed to work on ships, lose anchors, whatever, and they would send them down, tie onto an anchor or, or whatever they needed them to do. Um, and they used these divers. Uh, so when they would hit shallow areas, shallow reefs, uh, they invented a belt. It looked like a cup, halfway mm -hmm. cup, and they would drop it down, poof, you know, and hold the air inside and drop it down. Because remember, a lot of these ships, remember, they, they hit reefs. They just didn't uh -huh. sink into the ocean. You know, very few that happened to, unless it was a man of war in a battle or something. But if it's, if it's just a normal galleon got hit in a storm, but it ended up on shallow reefs, uh, and that's just where they were mostly lost. And some of them drifted into deeper water after hitting a reef. So once they hit these reefs, they would come back as soon as possible. If a storm or whatever, they would drop down the bell, pin the divers down, start picking up, tie on the chest, tie on to 
silver bars, whatever they could get up, you know, and, and they would just tie it up and the Indians would run in, take a breath and stay there, go out and, and the sharks would eat them or, or whatever. But uh, they, they did salvage their own ships those days. And actually, the most famous ships have been salvaged. And that's good because they keep such excellent records in the archives of Spain. They would keep everything, you know, okay, we took this much, we took that much. And finally, the king of Spain, it was a, uh, Philip IV, Philip III, whoever was there, he would say, okay, that's it. You know, I'm satisfied with what we took off, whatever. Um, and the rest would stay there. It's because the sand would cover it up, the storms would, you know, would move out to deeper water. Because if they would sink, some of the holes would set with air in it, and they would bounce across the bottom. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, okay. And and the current, and they would just so go out sometime in the deeper water, and you find these ships with gold and silver scattered over miles, mm. not just blah. There it is, you know. Yeah. So you we hit a lot of stuff, and then all of a sudden it just fucking peters out. You know, fuck, where's the rest yeah. of it? You know. So then you got to start <laughs> yeah. looking for a trail. Yeah. And, yeah. So and, yeah, that's. That's interesting. super interesting. One thing you said, Mike, you, you'd mentioned about permits. So who who owns the, the wrecks? Where does it ultimately go back to? Because obviously you're salvaging them, but you need permits. So is there a percentage yeah. that goes to Spain as a percentage goes to Pat? How does that kind of work in terms of like maritime and salvage law? Yeah. Well, in Panama, uh, they, they claim it in Panama waters. Uh, you have to go into a permit. Now, these permits are sometimes very difficult. Uh, it depends because the government's always changing. When the government changes, you know, things change. You know how that goes. So uh, it's a 60-40 split once you get a permit. But the problem is, is that you have to actually ask for a search permit. Mm. And then you find you search and you do your work. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, once that you find the ship, then you have to claim it. And that's where the difficulty starts, is that you say, okay, here it is. I've proven that I found it. Here's coins, a date to the ship, or, or a manifest with stuff on it. And then um, you have to put in all these permits you know, for archaeological work and all this. Who's going to do the work? Who's going to do that? Blah, blah, blah. The inspectors, all the stuff, reports, reports, reports. And then, if you're lucky, they give you the permit to salvage. Okay. And that's a 60-40 split. And uh, 60 is for us, 40 for the government. But you always have inspectors on board. We have our laboratories where we clean, preserve. And we always have the people there watching. Everything's on a database. You know, mm. it's like uh, everything's, I mean, even, even if it's a musket ball, it'll go on the database. Okay, you know, so it's it's very well documented. Yeah, but the, the problem, um... I I tell you what our what our our problem is that, <clears throat> um, I don't know how you feel about it, but um, it's like Trump. You know, I don't know how you feel about that, but um, there is an issue with um, uh, UNESCO. Yeah, you know who UNESCO is, right? Yeah, 
So yeah. now they, they get involved in just about everything. You know, they come down and say, oh, no, you can't do that. Um, uh, but, I mean, you, you look at, at, a, at a ship that's underground, under sand for 300 and something years. And, um, I mean, if it's not brought out, it's going to stay there or disappear, right? Mm -hmm. So UNESCO said, no, if you're going to salvage it, it belongs to the country, it belongs to Spain, it belongs to us. You go do it free, and we'll say thank you very much and put your name there, you know? <laughs> but they're, they're, not, they're not willing to say, okay, we'll pay you so much, and you do it, you know? So my permits were all in Panama are pre-UNESCO, the grandfather. Okay. So before Panama signed an UNESCO agreement, I had my permit. But my permit now is for 10 years. So my permit now is running out. And I'm trying to get it extended. Because if I have to redo it, I run, I, I go back under the UNESCO rules. Yeah. I mean, you look at the fucking things about Spain, they ripping my ass up every day. I mean, I got barred from the wreck three years ago myself. They, they threw me off. I yeah. couldn't even go. Yeah, they want to take my name off and everything. Yeah. I mean, I, I got really, I mean, you, you know, it was like crazy. You know, I had my partners, I had my people working, but they wanted to throw me out completely, uh, the government, uh, because I, I went in so hard. Is this because, is this, uh, does it become worse when there's billions of dollars at stake? Is that the issue? The what, what did you say? Sorry? I said, is, is it more difficult when there's billions of dollars involved is that the issue or is it just a uh, you know paperwork nonsense and you know people want to have control or is it about the amount of money at stake you're talking about money you mean yeah yeah so as you know is it more difficult um you know to go and get a permit for the shipwreck when there's you know billions of dollars you know oh yeah oh yeah yeah that, yeah yeah is that is that, is that the issue Who's going to salvage the shipwreck if it's not worth anything? I mean, yeah. uh, the shipwrecks, some, I mean, like Blackbeard. You've heard of Blackbeard, of course. Yeah. 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 His, his wreck's up there in South Carolina. It's not worth anything. There's not even one coin on it. But because they, 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 um, uh, they proved that it was his ship, it was called the, uh, oh, God, uh, whatever. Anyway, they did prove it was his ship, but there's nothing of value there, you know. Um, so that's sort of an archaeological thing, and I guess for, to put it in a museum, then people will probably pay for that, you know. Um, so nobody really is going to do that. I mean, we have wrecks here in Panama that actually by Drake, you know, Drake? Oh, yeah, uh, Francis Drake, yeah. Yeah. So that is. Um, that's an important wreck that needs to be going into UNESCO or something like that, into museums. That, that's good. But the government or somebody has to pay to do that, you know? Mm. So, Becky, can you do me a favor? I want camera. Another thing. Take your dogs off. Yeah. Okay. Get them That's okay. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah. So I can, I can see that, but you know, when you're going into money, I mean, you're looking at, I remember the first permit I got in Panama, they said, oh, yeah, 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 okay, here, here, the idiot wants to go out and look for treasure. You know, it was like, eh. Uh, 
And then the minute you, you come in with gold and silver or jewels in your hand, things mm. change. Yeah. You know, people say, who did that? Who gave him that permit? How do you do that? That belongs to me. You know, I'm the president mm. or you know, whatever. Um, so that's just what happened. But now in, the, in this last salvage attempt that we've been going on, um, it was more or less civilized for the first three, three years of salvaging. I mean, we had four divisions with the government, uh, which was good, you know, to take out our stuff and we kept our part, they kept their part and it was civilized business. Then mm -hmm. uh, the government changed into a new president. And then they came to me and said, oh, your permits are not good, they're illegal under the last president because he was corrupt. I said, oh, shit, mm -hmm. <laughs> I was corrupt on my president. What are you talking about, you know? So it was yeah. like, how much, how much for me now? And they, they confiscated a lot of our coins, the uh, treasure that went into the customs. And they're still holding them today, a lot of my treasure. Um, and actually, uh, after this thing's over, I mean, I have a right to, to see my treasure still there, that they've confiscated. Um, mm. But uh, it's only one part. I mean, I have another part, the other part, they took this one part. And I said, dude, this one's okay, but you confiscated that. Yeah, but that was under a different time and a different law. <laughs> well, yeah, whatever. But anyway, it's this long story, guys. You know, these, but it's fun. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, I could imagine. So what, um, is there any, is there any other wrecks that you want to go and have a look for? Is, it, is there anything in the in your back of your mind that you want to go uh, uh, investigate or? Well, here in Panama, we have a couple of wrecks. Uh, we have um, one wreck is upper on the Atlantic side of Panama. Uh, it's never been worked, it's never been found, uh, but she's carrying a lot of gold, a lot of gold coins on it. It's a French, a French ship, and um, it was up in a place called uh, Old Caledonia, which was a Dutch settlement, mm -hmm. way up on the Atlantic side. Um, and uh, this French ship was there. She went down in 1700, I think it was, no, 1690, I think, 1690 something. And uh, she's carrying a lot of gold. And it's just very, it's in shallow water. Mm. Very shallow water. You know, I found gold yeah. coins right up on the beach almost. Yeah. So, it's like, you know. It does make you, um, it does make you wonder how. How what? Yeah. I'm saying it, it makes you wonder how much gold, uh, you know, gold coins are in, in the ocean. There must be billions and billions and billions of uh, of uh, dollars worth of oh. gold in the ocean. Yeah, maybe uh, a lot. A lot, <laughs> a lot hasn't been found. There's so much. I, have, I mean, you go I on auction, treasure auctions, and you yeah. can see the price of these things. I mean, a gold coin is average of fourteen to eighteen thousand a piece. Yeah. A piece of eight. I mean, what you call that? Oh, they're not called a piece of eight. They're called eight a school. Okay. And yeah. they're about twenty-six grams, uh, twenty-four karat gold, and they're, you know, they always stay pretty well in good shape because gold doesn't deteriorate underwater. Yeah. It stays the same. Silver gets eat up pretty bad, you know. So yeah. silver, um, you get a percentage of the coins that are really good, and you have a lot that are, are not mm. that good. But they all have a value. Like I said, we say we have some of these silver coins for $2,500, which is the really good ones. Uh, but 
we always say, uh, there's a saying, I said, how do you, um, because the Spanish always say so much value, so much in a peso. They say peso, the Spanish, mm-hmm. old peso. Uh, and so you calculate, well, how much is a peso worth? You know, that has to be uh, figured out between the local treasure hunters, the people that sell treasure coins and stuff. So they come out with a flat fee of say $500 a peso. Mm-hmm. $500 a peso is actually one coin. It usually comes out to one coin. So you can say the one coin on an average of all the coins, say 500, because you have some that are worth $150 and you have some that are worth 2,500 more. But average seven, eight, nine in that area. So you take 500 and you say, well, I got 200,000 coins and they're worth 500 bucks a piece. How much is my rent worth? <laughs> you know? A lot. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what you, that's how you calculate it. So it's, uh, that's the way so you look at it. How many, um, you know, do, uh, you know, do people go and try and take some coins for themselves? You know, is that something that goes on or is it too difficult? Well, only me. Is that something, you, you know, like in you know, ancient Egypt, people used to, you know, rob tombs and that kind of, you know, that sort of thing. Is that is that something that happens with shipwrecks? Well, or? you know, when we have our divers working, yeah. they finish up the end of the day, I put a magnetometer over them. I'm like, <laughs> you know, a hand metal detector. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it rings. You know, come here, come here. What do you got? Uh, But then, no, I don't do that. But you know your people. But I'm sure the guys have plundered a coin or two here and there. But, you know, uh, the thing is, we we have inspectors on board when we're working, okay, from the government. And they're on board. So actually, when we're working, is everything is put on immediately onto our our database immediately we have our computer room on the ship immediately comes up put in the tank it's tagged it's put inside uh the inspectors they they see it maybe they take notes maybe they don't i don't know a lot of times like i've had the inspectors come in and they'll be saying oh i don't want to go out today you guys go ahead you know i trust you you know i said no 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 (laughs) that's all i need from the government to shut me down because my inspector's not there I'm stealing, so no way. Um, yeah, yeah. I want people on board. I don't want cost me too much money. So yeah, they. Um, I've had the inspectors say, "Hey, can I have a coin?" You know, <laughs> you know, like that. I said, "No." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. everything's on a database. I mean, what can I say if it disappears in the numbers? You know, I mean, that's the deal. I mean, not even myself. Yeah. Uh, I, I wait till the division comes. The division comes. I take mine, and so the inspector wants one. I say, "Here, dude, take it. Give him one." You know, uh, nice yeah. guy. The coin, but that's it yeah. because that's yeah. my part. I think that would and be. I had, um... I had one problem uh, with the ex-president here. Uh, he was his son's in jail now. Uh, he's in trouble too. His name is Martinetti. and uh, anyway, his sons came in one day on a plane, and they come out the wreck come up to the uh, laboratory and they said, oh, you know, my buddy's here, I'm going to show him all my treasure. I said, show him your treasure? 
<laughs> yeah, it all belongs to my dad. And I said, yeah, it does? I didn't know that. <laughs> my dad owns this country. He's been president. I said, oh, okay. Uh, you know, so he uh, really arrogant. And he said, well, I'm taking some coins here from me and my friends. And I said, no, you're not. I said, uh, you're not taking anything from here. You know, he said, no. He said, these belong to my dad. He said, you want problems? I'll call the police. I said, what are you going to call the police, man? These my, this is, this is, this is a government contract, you know? And the guys wanted to put the put coins in their pocket, you know? Uh, but I stopped. I got that. I, mean, I stopped that. But uh, that was the only problem I really had of people wanting to plunder. Yeah. You know? Sounds like a, it sounds like a real asshole. <laughs> yeah, they're in jail now. They they got uh, caught by the uh, United States for laundering money. So they're in they're in Guatemala waiting for extradition. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh well. Uh, so I can talk about them on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I wouldn't say anything because I'd be in trouble. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that's all good. That's all good. So when did you transition then, Mike, over from? The shipwreck and then into the sharks. Where did that crossover well, start yeah, to happen? It, it, it all falls together, you know. I mean, I just always like to do that, do my underwater photography, underwater video, underwater work. And uh, I just did a little bit of both, you know. And uh, mm. I actually, I, I was working with sharks, and then I got a call one day from a friend of mine back in 2002 or three, something like that. And he says, hey, why don't you come up to Mexico, Guadalupe, Mexico, and dive with the great whites with me. He said, I've opened up a, um, a business up there with, uh, with taking out people with great whites. Well, this is really before Guadalupe had really ever got going. You know, it was really nobody going out there. And he was an IMAX photographer, IMAX video guy. And I had worked with him on Survivor. Uh, because I did three or four survival survivor series with Mark Burnett, the owner of yeah, old Mark. I think he's Irish or English or something. Mark Burnett, I don't know, he's another one. But um, yeah, I worked with him on those series, and he was an underwater photographer, and I joined him as a backup photographer, video guy, and so anyway, he invited me over, and so I went up, and man, I got hooked on the great whites, mm. and that's when you could, you know, you didn't use cages, you just you go out in the cage, get out, and if you got in trouble, run back to the cage, you know? And it was a wild day, wild time. And I just fell in love with it. And I said, man, this is, this is what I want to do, you know, is just film great whites and, and film all types of sharks in action. And so, yeah. Uh, and uh, and is, is, Guadalupe, is Guadalupe Island the one where they've got that giant female? Um, yeah. There's a big blue, she's called? Deep blue. Deep blue. Deep blue, yeah. How, how, how big is she? Huh? How big is she? She's about 20, 21 foot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Seven meters. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, a, that's a big animal. Yeah, she weighs probably over 5,000 pounds. Yeah, she's a fucking animal, man. I mean, I've seen her several times. She's like enormous. I mean... Yeah. I see. I, I got a couple of other sharks I really love to work with uh, out there that I see almost every other year or every year, and they're up to 18 feet, six meters. Mm. Mm. But you know, nothing comparison. I mean, you put them together, it looks like a minnow. 
You know, mm-hmm. it's like these great whites, it's not their length, it's their girth. Yeah. You know, the big round they are, you know, it's like they just, you know, it's like an in, unbelievable. And if you turn around and a 20 foot great white's on you, you have <laughs> problems. <laughs> I, I always call that El Señor. <laughs> The God, man. I mean, you know, you're in God's hand and you turn around and look at that other world, it's like, shit, you know. And they're so smart. You know, they're so smart. Yeah. I mean, I, I, eyeballing these great whites. I mean, I've been on great whites that you can touch. You know, I filmed them, actually having to push them off with one hand. And they, like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've seen some of the cool. videos. Cool. You know, you, you know, <laughs> shake my hand in the arm, you're like, you take it off. But um, I, uh, I hope you're wearing um, I hope you're you're wearing a, a shark armor suit when you're doing this. No, I don't have one. You know, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Jer- so, Jeremiah. I told Jeremiah. He said, you know, it wouldn't help me anyway. You know. <laughs> but actually, actually, Jeremiah and I. Did he tell you about that? That we were going to Guadalupe to do one for the Great White. No, no, he didn't. Yeah, well, actually, we were going this year, but things got, we had to cancel everything because nobody's moving. So, yeah, we were working with um, Nat Geo, and we were going to uh, Guadalupe, mm-hmm. and we were going to try the new, one of his new suits, but not wearing it. Of course, you know, if a, if a, a great white or a large shark, like a tiger or bull, uh, grabs you, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, this this particular suit that he's working on, it wouldn't penetrate. You know, it wouldn't go in and penetrate and bring blood, but it would rip your fucking arm off. Mm. <laughs> I mean, that would be the problem. I mean, it's the torque of these sharks that are so incredible. You know, when yeah. they hit, they just, you know, it's like whoop. You know, it's that's that's the problem, and um, so. It would though help. I mean, you know, like a lot of great whites bite people and let go. Mm. You know, that this yeah. is what happens. But people bleed out. You know, they die because yeah. they don't want to eat you. Once they find out that you know they don't want you, uh, but you can bleed out because of that bite. And that would help. That you could wear this particular suit or this whatever if you're surfing or whatever, and it doesn't weigh all that much. And if you got hit in the leg. It would help from being, you know, I mean, they may give you a really bad bruise and, and really fuck you up. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know whether it'd rip it off. You know, I mean, you know, thing is, I mean, I've, you know, I've been studying these sharks for a long time and I've seen them take seals. I've seen them feed on carcasses and I've seen them um, uh, even, I've seen them actually go for, 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 um, Turtles and just push them yeah. away. Yeah, it's really not on their menu. Uh, and I walk up to a turtle and hit it and bounce it off, roll it, and just keep going around it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I've had them come up to me, I've had them hit me, I've had them bump me, uh, which you don't like. I mean, that's a very, very hard animal when he hits you, but they hit you very easily because the great white normally will bump before he hits. And they're very curious about checking you out, you know. But you're you're not really the, the the only reason I see that happening is on a territorial basis. 
not on a on a predator basis because you're not you don't look like they're prey the reason people get attacked by seals i mean by seal on surfboards is that a lot of time on a surfboard they look like a seal yeah you know they're laying on this surfboard and the sharks underneath he's looking up and the guys with his arms and legs and, and it, to them it looks like a seal and they may circle it and they run and they hit it and they grab but as soon as they they know what it is they'll let go um i mean nobody gets chopped up and eat up if you see everybody brought in they may die because they lost a limb or they bleed out but they're not there to eat you you know mm. uh, so i've seen this happen a lot i've dove with them with surfboards beside me uh actually I did a surfboard from a, a guy from australia two years ago and it was actually on on uh, shark week and we had the, the surfboard and we had a dummy on it okay with the arms and legs out wet that we here <clears throat> and i was out filming that out of water filming that and here's the surfboard and he circled it circled it circled it really didn't worry about it bumped it really got mad because jerking the board away with ropes he turned around again went for it again finally he hit it <laughs> and she just was a female and she went right up man and just boom and she just hit it man and grabbed it threw it completely up against the side of the boat you know what i mean the, the board smack you know uh but she didn't even turn to bother me no way i mean it's like i wasn't interested so it shows you a lot you know i mean yeah yeah but you got to watch yourself you know like uh, Jeremiah says they're all unpredictable, Mike. I said, yeah, I know, I know. You know, we we get a little bit self self conscious, you know. With our yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, like um, you know, I've seen um, you know, pictures. You know, people have been, you know, out in the wilds and trying to take a picture of a bear because they have this idea that a bear is just a, you know, it's a teddy bear. And then the bear rips his arm off, and they go, "Well, the bear's an asshole." And you go, "No, you're <laughs> trying to take a picture of a fucking wild animal. It can, you know, just turn." We turn on you anytime. anytime. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I think that you know, obviously, you know, it well, this, this, be the this, same. You know. Yeah, well, this is how you learn. I mean, people say, you know, what do you do? You know, you, Jesus, I don't focus anything. You know, I never look through a camera because that's when you're going to get your ass eat. When you're going to get your ass in. Because you can't be sitting there like this and saying, oh, man, let me check this out, you know? Dude, you know, you got to learn to shoot like this. You got to learn to be watching this hand to be able to use for whatever <laughs> and be able to shoot like this and click that fucker and hope it's getting it. You know, because yeah. you set your, your camera the way it should be and you hope it's going to do. You do a lot of posts because, you know, you're not able to set every every everything that you want, the colors and so forth, because it just doesn't work. Uh, yeah. If you're sitting down at the bottom filming a bunch of little fish, you can dot everything in and just get a nice pretty view. But that's yeah. not, not yeah. with great whites or or tigers or bulls or feeding sharks. You, you just can't do that. Yeah. Like I had a friend of mine. Listen, I'll tell you a story. <laughs> <laughs> this girl, I was, I, was, I was filming tiger sharks with her. And this girl, you know, she was really supposed to be, I mean, she was a good photographer. And she was a good shark diver. There's no getting around it. But and she wore a ponytail. You know, blonde, she tied up, she worked. She was filming, working. And I was I was filming, we were four of us on a shoot, and I'm saying, and I'm watching her, she's filming, and I'm filming, 
and I'm watching her, and she's shooting, and she's checking the shit. Mm. You know, with six or eight tiger sharks swimming in the circling, you know, and she's touching, the, checking her shit. You know, I don't check nothing. You know, I'm not gonna look at nothing to see how anything yeah. is. Yeah, what's yeah. going on out there? Because yeah. this is the second that you lose. This is the second because yeah. sharks. Yeah. I know what Jeremiah told you is that the eye side of a shark never lose eye contact with a shark. If you if I'm diving with tigers, all I gotta do is just turn my back like this. Yeah. Turn back around yeah. and they'll be coming right up on you. Yeah. They know what you're doing. They know your eyesight. They know when you're when you're watching them. It's that apex um, predator uh, ambush. And and they watch you all the time. And they know yeah. when you're not paying attention. And anyway, she went this tiger shark came around from behind her, circled her, and went down on her head like this when she was filming, and went to grab her and Luckily, there was another diver there, and he went for ah, you know, and went for the shark. But he, she, he went over like this, but all her hair went up into his teeth, Aye. and just grabbed her like a rubber doll, and just dragged her, shook her like a doll. I mean, oh. you're talking about a 16 foot tiger, and just just dragging her hair, you know, and she was like, and you know, Cameron dropped her to Cameron, she's like fucking being dragged. I mean, that's scary. Yeah. Mm, yeah. What um, you never, you never turn your back. One of the things that uh, Jeremiah said, and it, it's so sounds so simply stupid, is um, is you know if you can keep out of a, a shark's mouth, it can't do anything to you. So if you, you know, if you're you're in a position to just avoid its mouth, <laughs> then it can't it can't harm you. You think it's so stupid, it's so simple. <laughs> Very simple. Very simple. But there's a lot of people out there that like to feed sharks, you know, like yeah. I mean it's things I have ever seen. Yeah. People say, Do you feed sharks? And I say, Never. Yeah. If if I'm working with sharks, it's I'll I'll go down sometimes, I'll put down cages of uh, boxes of fish and I'll drop it down to an area that I need to bring up the sharks or bring it up. And then once they're up, I may leave it to keep it in for a while. But the only, only thing that's going out of there is a little chum and a little oil, another yeah. pieces of pieces of scrap, a little piece yeah. uh, that's going out with the current. Because usually I use frozen uh, chunks of, 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 of fish in this box. Mm. But then once the sharks are there, I'll take it out of the water. Mm. And they would hang around. You know, they just circle around, they circle, whatever. Um, and then if I start to lose them, then I'll drop it down all the way down and bring it up slowly, you know, and then work with them like that. But never, ever take a piece of fish and feed a, feed a, fish, a shark, ever, yeah. because that's, that's just craziness. It's, it's, I don't agree with what these people are doing, and I think that someday somebody's going to get hurt. Bad. Yes, it's, it's really popular in the Bahamas, isn't it, particularly? Yeah. Yeah, Taking yeah. tourists out and getting them to kneel down and hold a bit of white fish and let the, I don't know yeah. which shark, I think they might be uh, reef sharks. Yeah, but up, up, in Florida well. up in Florida, they're doing the same thing. Yeah. And uh, I just don't agree with that, man. You know, if I go out, like uh, there's a lot of people up at Tiger Beach working where Jeremiah was working, and you can see how these sharks are. You know, these hammerheads and these yeah. the big, big tigers, you know, they become very. <clears throat> aggressive to the people because they're looking for the food. Yeah. Is there, that is what's happening. 
It's because yeah. they got that crate and they got that food there. So they feed one, feed it like a dog. You know, you feed one Jack Russell, you don't feed the other. You know, he's gonna yeah. sit there and say, "Wait a minute, dude!" And he, think, he's gonna um, you or attack the other dog. You know. Yeah. <clears throat> I think uh, you know people have to remember any time that they are uh, you know dealing with uh, a wild animal is that you have to respect that it is a wild animal and it's not exactly. you know you know it, you know even if you think you know you know how, how often you see you know somebody getting too comfortable with a dog and the dog bites them and then cuts them you know they, they, they will revert to type at some point and yeah, you know, well, they will attack are, it yeah you know everything's now sharks you know it was like 20 years ago it was like oh you, wow you shark but now everybody wants to get in the water with sharks you know the thing is, okay, I, I agree that you can show people things like that, but I think it's gone a little bit crazy. You know? I I am not trying to get in the water with sharks. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to invite you to go. <laughs> Jumping on a, on a great white. Yeah. No. On, on deep blue. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm happy to look at your pictures. Um, huh? Does it work? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, you you can look at my picture. Don't worry. I I, I look at your picture. So you you keep doing your thing. Uh, you, well, you keep uh, you know filming them, and I look at them. What we're doing now is actually we're working on the situation of hammerheads here in Panama. You know, we're not only just out taking pictures and so forth. Is we're also doing the conservation work, and um, I've been working on this like for like uh, maybe three years. Um, I started with Rob Stewart, the guy that died, that was making the movie. Um, um, Sharkwater. I don't know if you saw it. Mm -hmm. uh, Sharkwater Extinction, the last one, but you know he died. I was, I was out doing uh, a shoot with him with Great Whites, and three months later he's dead. I mean, it's a kid, a young guy, twenties. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we've been trying to do with these hammerheads, you know, saving these baby hammerheads. They're being caught by the thousands and thousands, and mangroves that are coming in every year, being chopped up in the ceviche and chopped up in, you know, they just really really insane uh and you know it takes such a long period for a hammerhead for instance the gestation period of the of, 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 of a hammerhead uh and then to grow to eight to ten years to be able to mature and then uh 12 12 months eight to 12 months pregnant so that's what 12 years 10 to 12 years before it can replenish itself so the fish in the mouth yeah. What do you got? You know? Yeah, so we, we were talking before about the, uh, on a couple of episodes actually, about the problem of particularly finning, shark finning, and just how yeah. wasteful that is and how terrible it is that they literally just take the fins off and then dump the bodies back into the ocean for, and, and tens of thousands of them, um, right across, across, you know, the Pacific, through the Atlantic, both sides. Um, and it's just, it's just so wasteful, so wasteful. Yeah, yeah, it's terrible. It, it, it's, I mean, I've seen this, man. Hard. I've seen it. I've seen it with my eyes, and it's really. When you see it in a, in a movie, it's bad. But when you see it in person, yeah. it's even worse. I mean, you know, you really want to kill some people. You know. <laughs> yeah. It's but, so stupid. So dumb. Well, you know, I, I go to the. I, I go in um, and do some undercover work sometimes, um, and uh, I go down to the docks, and I'll go in and look and. You see these boats coming in, and they got all these, I mean, just thousands of dead sharks chopped up. No fins, just a body. Yeah. And then the 
other in another containers, you see all of these fins mm. in big tanks of what? Big yeah. tanks of fins, you know? And they're being sold off the Chinese, you know? But the yeah. Chinese are finished, man. I mean, they're coming in with these long liners down here and they're just, you know, they're yes. raping the sea, man, you know? Yeah. They're now in yeah. the Galapagos, now off the yeah. Galapagos. They're going in now. They're now they're. I was just talking this morning at a conference call this morning uh, with some guys in the Cocos, the Cocos Islands off Costa Rica. Now they're finding them on the limits of Costa Rica, and they want to know if they're coming into uh, Coiba area of Panama yet. And I said, "Boy, I don't know. We got to get patrol boats out there." I was talking this morning as well to the um, director of our fishing department. So, dude, I've been working all morning, you know, <laughs> just laying around. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, it, it's like trying, but, but right now it's very critical. It's very critical right now. Uh, mm. It's over the fishing of sharks. And um, you'd be surprised. I mean, it's just like the amount of sharks that are fished. Mm. It's just, just, it's just incredible. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. And so the problem is in Panama is that we have a law that doesn't prohibit fishing sharks. And to change that law is very difficult. Um, so the only thing that they, they did was to say, okay, you can fish the sharks, but you have to bring the, it can't be, it has to be with the fish. Okay? So mm. they come, so they said, okay. So they bring in the body on one side and the fins on another. And the government said, well, they're together. They brought them in together. Like, oh, shit. You know, that's yeah. crap. It doesn't, it doesn't work. And, and so now we put in a new resolution to, to, to um, stop the selling and purchasing of shark products. Yeah. I mean, you can fish it, but you can't sell it or purchase it. Yeah. This is the law that we're going up against now. And now um, the fishermen are becoming in and really wanting to fight us. I mean, they're really getting mean. Uh, the girl this morning, uh, the director of the fisheries, she was saying, Mike, I'm, I'm really scared, man. I've gotten all kinds of threats and stuff. I don't know what to do. I said, man, I said, Flora, I know what you're going through, man. I, 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 damn, I don't know, you know? I mean, they, they, I've got a couple of nasty emails, or not emails, uh, phone, phone calls. From numbers um, threatening me as well, and so now they're saying, you know what? We're going to fish all the sharks, kill them all, then you don't have to worry about them. Hmm. You know, I said, yeah, it's really stupid. You know, it's really nice comments, you guys. You know, so what do you get involved? You get in a fight. You get you're trying to do with the fishermen. Uh, you know, I, there's 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 no way. First, it's here in Panama. The waters are not very clear here. You don't have the opportunity for shark diving to promote, uh, which I really don't like promoting shark diving. I don't think that's really a cool thing. Uh, but only for me. <laughs> no, seriously. But not, I mean, really, I mean, people, oh, I'm always jumping in the water with sharks. Well, you know, I don't, I, you know, okay, whatever. I, I'm always got that on me. But, so you say you can't you can't offset that. So what can I tell you to make your difference on your money that you're catching sharks? Because he said, you know, I have to feed my family. I have to do this. And if there's no fish, then I have the sharks to fall back on, you know? 
Well, you know, it's a balance that you understand. You know, they say, I don't know. Um, mm. What can yeah. I tell you? It's, but um, uh, this is why it's, it's very, very important that we have, you know, guys like you, uh, you know, guys like Jeremiah who, who are, who are, you know, fighting these things, you know, and 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 trying to highlight these things, and you know, we would never, we would never have known, yeah, you know, yeah. about these, uh, about these things, you know, if it wasn't for well, these you know, guys, you know. There's people out there doing it, a lot of these big people, but they're famous, you know, they go on TVs and they make all this stuff, and you know, these foundations of money. So they continue yeah. because it's a lot of money, you know? Yeah, but I've met yeah. some of these people and I say, dude, time to lay down. Yeah. I need some help now. I need to, what are we going to do here? You know, ah, well, you know I, uh, I'll get back to you. Or it's all about money. It's all yeah. about money, these people. And I say, Dave, I don't get one fucking dime from no fucking work. Yeah. I mean, I don't have foundations. I have no nothing. I mean, if I'm fighting the sharks out of my pocket, uh, when I do my things, I sell my videos. And what I say, they say, well, what do you do about conservation? What are you doing? You got a foundation, you help us? No, fuck no. What would I want a foundation for? To give money? No. What I do is I, I make my money on my videos and my photos and showing the appreciation of sharks, how they look, what they, what, they're beautiful animals. They should be slaughtered and killed. When you see my videos or you see my work, you say how beautiful these animals are, man. Well, how come yeah. they're killing them? should be killed? Yeah. You know? That's my way of conservation. Yeah. And if I get something back on that by selling a shirt or by selling a picture or something, then okay. But mostly it's, it's, it's out of my pocket. It's, it's, I mean, I, it's out of my heart. And I'm out there and fighting it. And I'll do it. You know, I'm, I'm only, I want to do it. And I've just been contacted by, you can check it out. You, you should check it out. It's called um, Apex Survival. Maiden Voyage. It's on, um, it's on uh, Amazon Prime. Okay, we will look it up. Definitely, yeah, yeah, we have, yeah, yeah, we have Amazon Prime. You can, you can, you can buy the movies or watch it. Mm. some countries, they okay. Yeah. Anyway, it's Apex Survival, Maiden Voyage. uh, Write that down. um, yeah. Um, it, was, so, uh, it was done, filmed by him, producer. It's yeah. with my colleagues, Ocean Ramsey, Juan Oliphant, um, uh, Tanya Bandam, I think her name is, an actress out of Europe. Anyway, uh, this is the first episode. It's called, it was, it's the, uh, the pilot. And now we're doing the second one, which will be Apex Survival Panama. Okay. okay. If you go on my Instagram, you'll see me talking about it and this and that with Jake's and Apex Survival. Go in there and check it out. And this is going to be a thing following the hammerheads. We're going all the way into Galapagos where they're tagged. And oh, okay. This is the conversation this morning I was having early this morning. The people, the, the marine biologists, these big hammerhead females are coming toward Panama. And when they get into Panama where they, their, their pups are born into the mangrove areas of Panama and they're fished out, they're being they're being killed. So the tags are disappearing. Uh, okay. We can't track them. So now we're saying, okay guys, what is a shark? What do you make on that shark? I want, you know, I'm trying to befriend some of these fishermen. I will pay you for all the hammerheads that you can get. 
You, know, you don't kill them, you give me the tag. If you net them, you catch them, take the tag, give it to me, and I'll pay you three times the worth of the shark itself. You know, not a problem for me. And this year, uh, in the migration, I have two fishing boats that are willing to uh, take out GoPros and film on, on the site, you know, what they're doing, and hopefully releasing them when they get in them, and I'm going to pay them out of my pocket for whatever, they're, they're, if I see you're releasing 10 hammerheads, I'm going to pay you $100 a piece for each hammerhead. And I'm going to see that on film, and I want that back to me, you know? So I think if we start doing something like that, it's going to make a difference, mm. you know? Yeah, so yeah, hopefully. Is, yeah, and so this is what we're going to be doing uh, on this second um, episode, and it's going to be doing that. It's going to be diving with sharks. It's going to be diving with whales on this side, on the Pacific side. Uh, a little bit of treasure hunting, maybe. <laughs> and then it's going, yeah, and then we're going to do turtles uh, on the Atlantic side. And um, so it's going to be very interesting. We're going to have a couple of actresses on board as well. And uh, it's going to be nice on you know, the second yeah. episode. Ocean, yeah, Ocean Ramsey stuff. I'll follow Ocean Ramsey on uh, Instagram. Her stuff's incredible. Yeah, yeah she's, my, she's my colleague. I work with Ocean and Juan. Uh, we oh, okay. do uh, three trips every year to Guadalupe Island together. Okay. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. I work closely with the ocean. Uh, yeah, I guess yeah. I've been working with ocean for the last 12 years. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. She she was was <laughs> now, <laughs> yep. one, uh, one, one last thing that I wanted to ask you, Mike, was, uh, you know, you're saying you're approaching 80. Uh, are you just keeping, you know, keeping going until the absolute end? Are you just going to keep diving and and uh and doing this until you know this is this well, is, this you know, is like not I, said, I would i would i would rather die in a shark's mouth <laughs> i don't want to drown because i hate that i think it's a bad way to go uh <laughs> but uh, or have a heart attack and die that'd be cool under the water but uh, i wouldn't want to die laying in the bed with cancer or covid or anything yeah. like that i try to work out i work out three times a week as you know Jeremiah is sixty something, and he works out all the time. He's a he's a fucking monster. <laughs> you know, I feel like yeah. a weekend. Him, you know. Yeah. But um, I think it's yeah, you know, I like uh, I, I'm watching this TV program, and this old black guy was there, and he was eighty nine years old, and he's still working. And the guy says, "Have you thought about retiring?" Is when you retire, he said, "Well, I talk to the good Lord every day, and he hadn't mentioned anything about retiring yet." <laughs> yeah, makes sense. yeah that's basically my idea you know um, i'm gonna keep going i think that's um such a it's such a cool thing you know to be approaching 80 and still able to do it and have no uh, intention of uh, stopping nope you know nope. uh you know it's uh that's something that's uh super cool and i think uh I think we would both like to be in that, uh, you know, that position to be, you know, that that you, agent. I can see it. You guys are the adventurers. <laughs> yeah, we, we, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I definitely like adventures. I don't like the sea. You know, I do some uh, open water swimming, uh, but I don't like the sea. The sea scares me. I'm the opposite. I've scuba dived and surfed up here in Scotland many a time. So I love the ocean and the sea, and Chris doesn't. It's terrifying. 
I know who I, I know now. I know now. You ever heard of a company called? Wait, hold on. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't believe this. Uh, Blue Dog. Blue Dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blue yes. Dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. But I took the owner to Guadalupe Island. Oh, James. The um, we. Didn't we think about asking the owner to come on the podcast, Ali? Is that we did? It was one of the names we'd put in the hat as a potential guest one day. Oh, James, yeah. uh, James, yeah, James, fuck, James, what? That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, I ah. took James Guadalupe, and he just uh, he was just so fucking amazed that he contacted me one day and he says, You know, I like to take my team. Guadalupe Island, and I hear that you're the one, <laughs> the man to do it. And I said, well, uh, yeah, tell me about yourself a little bit. And um, he took his, his, his team, his group to work with him, and a photog- an underwater, I mean, a, uh, because they also have like a brew dog channel. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Doing, doing stuff. So he wanted to yeah. do that. He, he actually just sent me the trailer after two uh, years okay. and i said damn james looking cool man after two years he sent me the trailer and uh uh of, of, the, of the of the of the movie of the, the guadalupe trip and he talks okay. such stuff about me i feel i feel humbled okay. uh, and uh so if you do talk to him just tell him oh mike morton said hey I think. Uh, Where the fuck are you, bro? <laughs> he, he bought. He bought a lot of my coins. Oh, okay. The company so bought never, a lot of my coins for I, the like, for his team for his team, and uh, he gives them out like on bonuses and stuff like that. Ah, that's cool. I feel like um, I feel like we now have to to reach out to James and uh, have this conversation with him. Uh, do it. That's it. Yeah, I think I think I think we will have to do that now. Um, tell me, tell me, and, and, and to tell you about his Guadalupe trip. I will. I think that's what we because, will do. Because you know, that. James' family are professional fishermen, and he grew up as a professional fisherman. And there, I believe, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Ali, they are from the Isle of Skye. Is that correct? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. They're from the Isle of Skye, so that's a, a fishing community, essentially, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, you know, he showed me videos, showed me stuff he's done, his dad, his family, you know. And he just felt that one day, you know, I've taken so much for the sea, I want to give back, you know. Uh, yeah. And maybe show this. And he was like amazed. I mean, I never seen too many guys that put him down in a cage. Uh, because, of course, I don't let these people out of the cage. Yeah. You know, these kind of people, you can't. <laughs> yeah. You got you to gotta stay in the cage. Uh, but I took him down, and he was like in, in, in awe. I mean, he couldn't. It was crazy. And uh, I sat there with him for 10 days. Ah, I don't know shit. With him and his team. And it was a is, fucking fun trip. Isn't, uh, isn't it a, a very small world? It's a small <laughs> world. I'm telling you, it's, it's so Such fucking a small. world. Small. I mean, here you got Jeremiah in California, you got James over in Ireland, you got me in fucking Panama, and Jesus. Yeah, such a small world. Well, um, and I'm so glad you asked me to join you guys, man. It's it's been fun. 
it's yeah, been a fun, uh, convers- it's been a fun, fun conversation. It's been a fun conversation, yeah. Mike. Um, yeah, no, thanks. Uh, oh, sorry, no, we probably talked too much, but uh, you have to cut no, it out. <laughs> no, no, no. You we talked like the that. perfect amount. The perfect amount. Just for anyone that's looking to find out more about you and your work, Mike, and we'll add these into the notes, where can people find you on social media or on the internet? Where's the best uh, place to find you? Uh, on... I'm sorry, go back, go back, go back. Just in terms of if people are looking to find out more about your work. Oh, yeah, you know what? I like I like to use Instagram. I'm on it. Actually, I'm working on my web page. I mean, you would think that I would have a web page because I've been getting so many people that are coming to me for pictures, for, for to buy my photos, pictures, mm. you know, and yeah. stuff. Um, and I just been, I, I, it's the one year I'm going to do it. And, and I just, because of my own self, I get enough of what I want to do. Mm-hmm. But everybody's been on top of me to put a web page together. And so I said, okay, why not, you know? Uh, and this friend of mine in, uh, in uh, is it Switzerland, I guess it's Switzerland. And uh, I saw a friend of mine. And so anyway, I put it together so that I could do my photos. But anyway, the best thing for me is Instagram. Okay. I mean, that's where I operate. Awesome. I'll tag your Instagram page in when we post this as well, so everyone can follow yeah. you and get more about all your great work that you do. Great, great, man. Appreciate it. And well, if you need me for anything, just give me a shout. We will great. do. We will do. Just get, the, a, just, a, just get the times right. I'm sorry about the mix-up, guys. No, uh, no, it's fine. It's fine. Oh, no, it's, really. fine Mike. it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Good fun. We'll do it again. We'll do it again. All right. uh, Bye bye. Take care, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Bye, Chris. Bye, Bye, Alistair. Bye. 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 (laughs) The Silly Goose Gang Podcast.